Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Zed. And we're here on Tuesday, September 10th. A few days, which we need it after Saturday's game. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. I don't even know where to start with this. I don't think anybody knows where to start is, including from the Rose Bowl, our fans, to our players, all the way up to our coach, all the way up to our AD, all the way up to Gene Block, who doesn't care, because we're now, we're again, the best public school in the U.S. News and World Report, so he could care less. What's going on? (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying really hard to reel in my anger the next however many minutes we record this yeah i'm just warning everyone i might flare up yeah if you see any angry tweets that's all uh just frustration from zed (laughs) and me me just liking it on the side (laughs) passively liking it if you go on twitter right now ucla fans are not happy so i'm not i'm i'm not the only one no, not at all. I think Tweeting you're, angry things. I do think you're tapping into the zeitgeist of of how everyone feels right now. We're just puzzled. I mean, there's so many words you can go into it, but this is what happens when you have losses like this. Uh, I guess we should start. Let's start from the beginning. Um, also, to give background, I uh, I was flying during during uh the game and so what i was looking forward to side note the pac-12 network pisses me off and what i mean by that is (laughs) is that i purposely had shut off all notifications i was ready to watch the game or as a rerun and what the pac-12 network does is they record the encore which gives you at the bottom and the ticker on the bottom it gives you the score to the game so as soon as i started the game I already saw the score. There was nothing, there was no suspense for me. So at that point, the Pac-12 network, it needs to work on that because if you watch reruns from other networks, they obviously don't spoil the end result. Anyways, side note. but In this case, it was probably for the best. Yeah, I did have a restful sleep on my flight, so uh, I, I probably spared me some rage. Well, I was at the game. And it was miserable. Aside from the 95 degree weather. Look, it was hot. There was a breeze. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be heat-wise. But was, whatever... Was that you know, the, how, the least amount of fans that you've seen at the Rose Bowl? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. It's Even less than last year. There. Yeah. Wow. And it, I, I can't fault anyone for not going. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, when the Rosen's last year and Moore's last year, we were we didn't have the attendance dropped pretty significantly, and I just remember thinking, I'm like, oh, our fans, you know, I was like, our fans don't do us any favors of supporting the team. We had three good years, you know, and we should be there to back them up. But at this point, I again, I I'm I'm with you. I don't blame them. I mean, yeah, I would I would probably still argue in that year people should have showed up. Um, and that was still a bowl game year. So still it's not was, like yeah. not like we were completely 
garbage, but like. And we you know, were simply hoping for a, a bowl bowl game this year, ironically. So right, <laughs> we're not on pace for that at all. But but still, I get it. Like you're coming off a three and nine year already, you've already lost your first game. Like I sort of understand now. I I don't think that's an excuse for, um. It being that dismally low attendance, but like I get it, and it's just it's it's a one fifteen kickoff. Yeah, one fifteen. It just demonstrates a lack of of excitement in general, and kind of an overall issue that UCLA football's had for a while, and and sort of LA sports in general. But if you're not winning, no one's gonna show up, and you know that this whole Chip Kelly experiment doesn't seem to be winning right now. So I don't fully blame anyone for not investing their time and effort. And after Saturday's game, like I'm sort of in that same boat and that pains me to say, but it, it's true. Yeah. Are you, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's at a point where we're like, do we, we want, we, we want, we still want Chip Kelly to succeed because we know he has a season to go. Um, but in order to make a statement, it has to be through the lack of attendance. And part of me is now, there's like this percentage of me now wanting like that to happen, not necessarily to boycott actively, but just sit at home. Don't waste your money on parking concessions and and all the fees to go see this product on the field, which is, I, okay, let's get into it. The first quarter, again, we see, we see a decent drive. I mean, a great drive that ends with Josh Kelly um, scoring a touchdown, um, which was nice to see. And we're like, all right, we're first on the board. Um, it just it goes the same way. I I don't I don't know much what to say. You know, I even when that happened, I was like, there's something. You just don't even have much confidence that the team is going to stay on it. It's like this is this game is not over and never feels over. I mean this. I mean they went up twelve ten seven in the first in the first yeah, half. Yeah, like, I so. just I don't get it. It like yeah, it's the same. You're right. We started off so fast and so strong defensively in that first drive. I think we forced a three and out there, and then yeah, it was like a good punt return, which is rare. That was exciting, and then. You know, a pretty quick, methodical score. And I was like, okay, this is what I like to see. And then, like, the wheels just fell off after that inexplicably. I just, I don't get it. And it's the same thing we saw with Cincinnati. And it starts to feel like a pattern. Um, I don't even know if, do you want, I mean, we can just, when you lose, we like to to find the symptoms for it. But I I don't even know if we need to go more so through the game, more so just to talk about what is the issues here at hand. Because we've seen this over and over, and now it's become such a pattern. We're just going to repeat what we saw during Cincinnati. And it just seems like... I, I So for me, I, I don't think talent is an excuse. I've seen some things out there that said... Oh, you know, this team's the least talented team. And I disagree. And yes, it might be, but... There's not much depth, but there are less talented teams that are beating us. San Diego State, does right. probably yeah, look how hard they play. That is coaching, um, and Agreed. I, and I think there is 
something culturally and systematically that's at hand with these players of them understanding their capabilities, but I think also them understanding the competition they're playing and the lack of effort and staying hand and staying disciplined. And these are 18 to 22-year-old, well, one guy's 30, and so, but <laughs> he's uh, nearly as old as the, the coach we're about to we'll face this Saturday. But, um, but the, for the most part, these guys are young men, and it just seems like there's a failure that's going on um, with having them in the right positions to win and having them able to succeed. They have flashes and moments, but there's not a consistency. I I go back and forth on this because I I don't know if it's a lack of effort or not because I mean you know even after that game you could see there was a lot of guys like Josh Kelly was visibly pissed off on the sideline and I like the players seem to be trying I just the execution isn't there and it's it's hard for me to put that on the players when it's that's the coach's job is to make sure that, you know, these guys are ready. And so if we're not, if the coaching staff is not putting these kids in positions to, you know, succeed, then I, I just, I have a hard time putting the blame on the, the players. And it's just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for words at this point. Um, I'm ready to fire everyone. Uh, man, I mean, starting at the top, I think most, if we did a poll for most UCLA fans, they would want, we would be calling for Dan Guerrero, and we're going to say that for the first time on our platform, but it, we do need a change. It's It's been a while since we've been competitive in both sports. And hey, look, there's a really, really great job opening across town I think Dan would be really qualified for. <laughs> I think he's waiting for his dream job at was it UC Irvine to open up. I I don't know, man. There's there's a really great job off of Figueroa. They can take take our uh, our date our great Dan. Their uh, Olympic sports would be great. I mean, they're already pretty good, but you know, great commute from the west side. You can take the Expo Line straight there. It's true. I just you know, I think Dan should really consider it. And they're really big on, uh, you know, letting their family members get in, no matter the GPA or the the mission package. Yeah, he'll balance their budgets. Like it'll be great. Yeah. So side note before that's we my, go off on that's, Dan. <laughs> that's my dream. Um. Yeah. So I I guess in terms of the coaches on the team. I, I think most of us, let's go back. So when Chip Kelly, aside from the fact that we had the name of Chip Kelly um, hired, I, I remember most of us being underwhelmed with his defensive his uh, defensive hires. And I mean that by when he hired Coach Azanero. Um, I'm just going to say it. He's garbage. Yeah, but most of us were underwhelmed. We were like, wow, you have the budget, which Moore didn't have when he first started, and this is who you're hiring? Like, oh, you're hiring your guy from the Eagles who, you know, coincidentally, Cal has been doing much better without since Azanero left. Um, 
I'm not going to say that's all as a narrow, but I'm, I'm saying for a sake of, like, they look pretty solid, and as a narrow spent a year there, uh, and he missed, I would say he missed some recruits that, uh, from, from Cal that he wasn't recruiting that are now elsewhere and doing well, like Jacob Bandes. But I, I don't know. I just, Don Pelham was another one with the linebacker, and we've seen how that's gone with recruiting, um, which is one of our worst recruiting positions. We were caught up, oh, God, this guy is dressed in suits, and, you know, and we had some fun <laughs> with it. But it, at the end of the day, I think Paul Rhodes was, like, that was an exciting hire, and I think he's turned out still great, and I, 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 I like him. Um only on the recruiting side, I have not seen anything out of our DBs this year to suggest he's been a great position coach. I'm going to, the jury's still out on him for me. Uh, I, I just think there's been some systematic things that affect, I don't know what's going on with the DBs. And Elijah Gates had a horrible game. Jay Shaw. I don't, so many I, penalties. And I know they're better than that. I've seen it last year, so I'm hoping that turns around. But in terms of, Rhodes, like, still, he, he, I like that he recruits, he gets the guys that he wants, and last year, he played, he had him decently coached, so I'm going to give him still some time. I would say he's still the one defensive hire that I, I, I'm okay with, but the others, I don't know, I mean, Roy Manning was, the, the argument was made that he had his hands tied behind his back during his time, and maybe that is something that's happening that we're not seeing in terms of the control, the micromanaging of, of the program, but then the, I'm confused, because then you read reports that, oh, the, the program and the practices are player-ran, and and, and and that in itself, you know, you just, you wonder what... Is there just a confusion of what the program is, and which is so fascinating because nearly three weeks ago we were talking about how camp was going great, camp was going smooth. Now we're reading about how practices aren't going well. Like everything, this is what happens when you lose. You just everything's going wrong. Falls and apart. Yeah, they're falling apart. And and the thing that I am bothered by is that Chip Kelly just continues to point to the youth, and it's like Chip. As many UCLA fans have seen, you kicked off around 30 players. These were senior guys who could have been leaders and and contributed. Um, just because they didn't fit your program did not mean they didn't have value. Now you claim the number of, oh, I have this 100 many, 100 to 200 freshmen, and it's youth, and it's youth, and youth. When are these guys going to grow up? And and if you don't have older guys around to lead these guys, yeah, the, the younger guys are gonna f- are going to fall off the rails when this stuff is happening. Parents are going to have tweets because they're upset that their son is uh, not getting playing time or not performing up to par or is getting hurt. You know, like anything. Like this is what happens when you lose. And I don't know if Chip Kelly. This is the thing that that bothers me. Since Chip Kelly has lost in Philadelphia when he had the one bad season that led to his firing, he hasn't been able to get out of that funk, right? And we thought, okay, he just needed to step down a level. And it just seems like that funk has continued to follow him. And I I mean, I'm continuing to rant, but it's just... It it boggles me. I find it hard to believe that Chip Kelly has lost uh, his genius 
of coaching like the X and O's. It's just I don't know if he's lost a genius. I think he's bought too much into this notion and this narrative that he's a genius and like this this isn't an experiment. This isn't a goddamn lab for him to come and like mess with things and see what's gonna work and what's not gonna work and he can just, you know, not show results like and that's what I feel like he's approaching this at. And at a certain point, and I think we're at that point, which is much sooner than anybody ever thought, like people are fed up with this. And if you can't, if your experiments are not yielding results, you're going to, you should, you do not deserve to be leading that ship. And like his experiment so far has not led to any results, period. End of story. And so I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, it's interesting you pointed out the Fed out. I just think that he underestimated how patient UCLA fans could be. And I think that he's in a position that he doesn't understand is we have lost or, or we haven't won in a big game in so long that he's at the tail end of that. And he has even more pressure because of his resume. And he like it's getting to a point where you're like, OK, something needs to be done. Um, and I don't think he understood that coming in, that we're not, this isn't five years after we won a Rose Bowl, you know, we're like, okay, we can get back there. It's just, this is 20 20, plus years, 20 years. Kids are in college. Kids are about to graduate since the last time UCLA was a national contender and not just a fringe top 10 team like they were during the Moore years or the one Durrell year. But Chip Kelly, I think this, again, like you said, continuing he's just detached he doesn't it's just a lack of perception of his position and and at, at this point like he should realize this and i i just it doesn't make sense i i would argue he should have realized that after last season when people were pissed off at a three and nine like i it just it just it's mind-boggling and it's not even just a disservice of fans it's a disservice to the players like He's not helping them win. I know these guys want to win. They don't want to sit there and lose and be known as the the players that went three and nine and or two and eight or whatever it is for the next three years. Like, I feel so bad for Darnay Holmes. Like in his UCLA, Darnay Holmes, who just seemed like he's been a great Bruin, and uh, his UCLA career. Like guys like that who's just come here and during the wrong yeah. time. Like, and, and so he's he's doing a disservice to them at the end of the day if he's just tinkering and messing around and not really trying to win. And I just, I have a hard time, you know, buying into the fact that he doesn't care about winning because, like, he's a coach and there's got to be some competitive streak there for him to be a coach, for a head coach in professional and college football at the highest levels for this long. But nothing leads me to believe that he is actually trying to win now. And so this like long-term overhaul, it just, it's frustrating and it doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense because it doesn't really need to be this long-term of an overhaul. Yeah. You know, like, if I if you go back to Jim Mora when he came in, and I would argue that he did a pretty big overhaul of you know 
the culture at the time, he was able to do it within a year. Granted, he also had a lot. I would say the talent level was higher at the time. Um, but, like, he did instill a level of discipline that we didn't see under Neuheisel. You know, he got rid of the over-the-wall tradition, did a lot of stuff that... And, and put some hard-nosed, more hard-nosed stuff into into the culture that we had seen before. And I just... I. I just have a hard time trying to grasp that it it needs to take three years to do this. I just, I don't see any reason for it to take three years. And, and I think the sign of a good coach would, he would ease this culture time, like over time rather than try to put it in at one go and let it manifest. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling and not making any sense. I just, I don't, I just don't understand. I, I feel like our coach is coaching and not making any sense. So we're just, we're taking, we're following lead here. We, it just, right. uh, it's so puzzling and, and uh, I, the whole chip experiment is not going well. I guess that leads to, we did get a question um, from uh, one of our followers from, let's On see. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, it was from David Hamilton um, at Dave PhD one, who asked us, um, and this is I quote him, like you, I care too much about Bruins sports. Is there a cure, or just a wait and see attitude when a season starts so poorly, as football has done, or languish as we saw with hoops under Alfred? Uh, <laughs> David. Um, We've been looking for a. I've been looking for a cure for a while. Um, I think most of I, us are now adding an S to cure, and we think that there is not necessarily a cure, but a curse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and I, I don't like that though because I just think that it 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 sees we're now we're like with this feels out of our hands. I mean, there's not much we can do other than eat nachos and popcorn on the side, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a cure to, to caring too much. Uh, I've been told by my mom, my fiance, by all sorts of very important people in my life that my stress level and obsession with, um, UCLA sports is too high and, and unhealthy and yet here I am sitting here like my blood pressure is probably really high right now thinking about our football season and and how angry I am about this. So unfortunately, I don't think there is a cure to caring too much. I think if you care, you care. And and that's what, that's what, you know, makes you a fan. But, and I will say this, I think these, these lows obviously are painful and they suck and they're horrible but I think when you get those flashes or those highs when we are winning and we are successful, it just makes that so much better. So it's a give and take. I I get it. It sucks. Like, as we sit here and try to, like, grasp this and comprehend what's going on, it, it definitely it just, it is painful. But my long-winded answer to your question, David, there is no no cure. Yeah, 
again, it's week by week. We'll see what happens this week. We'll see where we are at the, the end, of the, end of the season. We may be okay, but again, right now, two weeks in, it is not what we want it. Uh, I do, yeah, I just, you know, yeah, I do want to shout out a couple positives from the game. And by couple, I mean really only one. And I would say the D-line um, holding San Diego State to like, how many, what was it, 80 yards on like 47 carries or something? Yeah, and pr- two pretty good uh, running backs. That's that's impressive uh, against any team. And like I, I, have, I, I feel like I would be doing them a disservice not to give them props for that. Like that is an incredible effort. Especially when, if you look at the time of possession, San Diego State had the ball so much more. Our defense was on the field for like three quarters of the game or something crazy. And those guys did not let up and, you know, really held their running backs. Um, so I, I will I will give them a shout out for that effort and for, you know, an excellent showing. But... <laughs> And then that just leads me to be so much more angry to think that we let Ryan Agnew, their quarterback, who was like a 50% completion percentage coming in, beat us. Like, it's, it's, he, he you, had one, you do one I, it's so funny. Thing we're, and then we're you talking about how, yeah, sorry. But, uh, sorry, you continue. I'm just, the Agnew thing no, just I mean, triggered me. No, it is triggering. I, it's like, I just there's no we can't we can't go go one way or the other you know like we do one great thing on defense but we can't play pass defense you know we run the ball well for a lot of that game especially to start it off then we can't pass the ball like we just cannot put it together and it it just I just I don't know I mean schematically the defense just the the soft coverage is my god just made no sense offensively when the run game is working we tried to like throw the ball and it like dtr i i, I know it's only two games into the season but I, I i don't know if i have faith in him going forward as as a starting quarterback I know. so I the fact so that we're trying to still him. throw the ball when we're you know, have a fairly successful run game going at a certain point in a game. I just, I don't know why we would do that. Just, you know, I'm just like, just going stream of consciousness here right now, thinking back at the game, but it just, there are so many points where you're sitting there looking at it like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I, I have not played prof- or you know organized football ever, nor have I ever coached or anything. But I'm literally a guy who's played Madden for like 20 years and watched a lot of football enough. I can sit in a stadium and recognize these major issues that schematically that the opposing team is taking advantage of, both on offense and defense. Then like, why the hell am I not making $23 million? <laughs> Because I'm clearly like I can. There might be an opening up. Why can't you? <laughs> what? I said there might be openings soon. So if you want to throw your man, I'll th- I'll take that job for a fifth of the salary. School save money, and I Cover might not MBA. screw up as much. 
Huh? I said cover your NBA at Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, just, just comp that and I'll take the job. Um, yeah, I mean, going back, I, it is, uh, it's interesting hearing you speak right now because David asking if there's a cure. I think you really do. I, the cure is just, again, finding the bright spots as you just did um, with the team. There aren't like, many. Look, there aren't many in the flashes because, like he pointed out with Alfred, like we, again, we had the game against Notre Dame where we hit the game winner. Like we had some fun moments and hopefully now with Mick, coach Mick, we can see that consistently, just see a consistently consistent winning that we expected with our programs. We have all the ingredients. See, but Chip was supposed to be that guy. Yeah. That's what's disheartening. It's, yeah. I mean, the the expectations for Alfred were nowhere near what they are for Chip. So this one, this is a, yeah. I don't, it's so puzzling because it's just like, this is not what we expected. And this is feeling of feeling trapped because you're like, uh, what do we do? Of course, he's not going to get fired this season. Of course, there's not going to be a buyout. Like, uh, two fans can show up for the rest of the season. Unless, I think if we go 0 12, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, and, and I, I mean, we still don't even expect to go 0-12, even as frustrated as we are. I mean, we're, most fans expect us to go three or four, you know, three or four what, games. What three or four wins do you see on our schedule? Uh, can we play... Can we schedule some new teams? <laughs> I was going to say Oregon State three times. Like, but Oregon even State... Oregon State looks much improved. Yeah, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna put up some points against us. We're gonna have this. Like the only way we can win is a shootout, and we don't even have confidence in our offense. Which We're not is gonna so, be Cal. So frustrating because, yeah, so frustrating because we came into this year like the offense is gonna be going. The question marks are defense. Now we have a great rush D, um, and. And our DBs, like, everything has flipped. It's so ironic. Like, one unit is doing well, and then the opposite unit that was doing bad last year is doing well now. So, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I, like, going, I think it's, and that's the thing, like, I don't even know if I should watch, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch the Oklahoma game um, fully, or, oh, man. Like what's I'm, I'm at the point where I don't know if I want to watch it. I was going to go to it, but now I don't know if I'm going to go to it. I don't know if I even want to watch it on TV. Oh, Zed, I know you're going to watch it. I already know the outcome of this game. We're going to see Jalen Hurts. I mean, in the preview for that, like, I, I want to break it down, but it's, it's going to be C.D. Lamb swing pass or uh, throwing a post. CD Lamb, the other younger, a new young receiver who is probably a four or five star uh, recruit, and he's gonna have a breakout game. It's 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 so, I mean it's so predictable what AD Miller's gonna get off, and Theo Weiss is the one I was thinking of. He's a freshman. He's gonna have probably have a big game. Look, against any us. receiver is gonna have a big game against us when we're given eight yards of 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 cushion. Jaylen I mean, Hurts. you can throw me out there, and I can probably catch a few balls against that coverage. <laughs> They're going to give you so much God's space. Sake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Hurts, I'm just seeing it. He's 
he's going to break away from a tackle and then run for 12, 10 to 12 yards. If that, he may run for more. But, um, I mean, he looked great right. against Houston. And so I didn't. It looked I, I, incredible. There wasn't much film to watch for South Dakota, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah. And their, I mean, their defense against Houston wasn't wasn't where it needed to be and they weren't I mean it was interesting here in Hertz he was just upset he's pretty upset after he had a record night debut night with Oklahoma but it speaks to yeah he those, has something to prove yeah and those are the expectations we wanted at UCLA that like we just want people to be upset and we seen that with Josh Kelly but I'm talking about from the top and I'm just and not not in a couple of years, we're talking about now, like UCLA. That I sort think. of, I was going to say that sort of passion and that sort of, you know, w- like not accepting that this is the best you can be out of Hertz that we saw in that first game when he was not happy with his performance, even though he had an incredible performance. That's what we were kind of hoping for DTR to take this year. Maybe, you know, no one was expecting him to be that great, as good as, you know, Hertz was in that game. But we were expecting him to try to make that leap and to and and you know he was saying all those things, but like the performance level hasn't been there. Um, and it's I mean, we're gonna do the same thing we did all the, against all the other teams is clamp down on the run and and try to get the QBs to beat us. But Hertz is a significantly better QB than Ritter and Agnew. And they have significantly better receivers than both of those teams. They're like, I just, I don't see it in any way we're going to be able to stop that offense. I, I think I, it's a matter of can we score just to keep up? But at this point, I'm expecting a, a three touchdown win from Oklahoma. And that's only because UCLA uh, puts up some points in the garbage minutes against the second string, but... I I would almost argue their second string might be able to beat our first string if they played the whole game. I don't want to believe it. It's just too hard. I mean, their third their third string might be able to keep it going against us. Like, I just... Look, if you think about it this way, their second string... Like, San Diego State's, most of their team probably wouldn't even make their their team at all. And if they would, it would not be in on a first string or second, even maybe second string level. And that team beat us. So if you think about it that way, this team also destroyed Cincinnati, who beat us by 42. Like, I, there's so many ways to cut it and and analyze it and none of the 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 end results from where I'm sitting are you know showing a UCLA W here. No, not at all. And I think most of us expected uh, a UCLA loss going into the season. Now it's a matter of how big the loss is going to be. We didn't we thought maybe oh wow, UCLA would be able to keep up, maybe lose by seven. All I wanted was have a game. to be competitive. That's all we've asked for this whole season, and I think all of our expectations, which is ironic. You know what's funny? I'm going to say this, of course, because it's me. We could have a hell of a game. <laughs> I don't know. This this team is so puzzling. 
you just don't know. And, I mean, we're going to definitely lose, but we could have a hell of a game in the sense of, like, stay stay in it for a half. And then... <laughs> That's a hell of a game. <laughs> I, I will take that. I will take a half with Oklahoma, with staying within uh, 14 to 10 points. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but Isaiah, we stayed with them for a half last year. So this isn't, like, we're not making a jump here. This is still a regression. I would say at this point, from where I saw in San Diego State and Cincinnati, this is progression to get back to that point where we were with Oklahoma uh, for our second game of the season. Uh, what I saw last year against Oklahoma is better than anything uh, anything we saw the, the, the past two weeks. And so I oh, say... 100%. And so I, I would I would take that. Like, that would be progression on our end of so far of this season. And it's something yeah, that we're not... Yeah, in that game looked like he was going to be a future, you know, star. Yeah. He had if he had his first TD pass of his career. He he threw another one to, to D.O. late, which was a beautiful dime. He made mistakes, dime. but he was a freshman. Darnay had, you know, the the TD over Marquise Brown, which was a beautiful. I mean, the I the, the interception, um, you know, and then it, it was just a matter. Of, it, again, it, that game just felt like okay, this team is just too talented. It wasn't necessarily, but it it felt like wow, UCLA could be good. We didn't leave that game too frustrated. It was just like yeah, obviously disappointed because a loss is always disappointing. But it wasn't in the sense of like oh that's we left that game saying like maybe next year we'll be able to have a game with them, and this year yeah, I I it, would agree there were signs of life there, and now we're back to like that's not gonna happen <laughs> at all, and even and now I feel like even if if we had Oklahoma on the schedule for next year. I don't think it would happen next year either. The way this team has has been so inconsistent, we just there is there is a theory floating around out there that Chip is purposely not opening up the playbook and not and playing these weird schemes in order to kind of keep Oklahoma maybe and more importantly the Pac-12 kind of in the dark as to what he's going to do. I don't buy that for a second, and if that's the case, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Like, this is college football. You don't have the luxury to just lose two games or three games and then try to win your conference. And this is also Chip Kelly, who's he's shown up for big games. I mean, Oregon did lose to LSU uh, early on one of their seasons, and they lost like a, a couple big um Big matchups with other Power Five schools, but that wasn't due to Chip holding back. I I agree. I don't I don't buy that. In in terms of I I think that's just again it just comes back when you lose. We're, we're looking scrambling for answers and scrambling to diagnose what's wrong with the program. But uh, it's clearly that no one necessarily has any focus uh and enough discipline and enough consistency we talk about winning today and with practices going as bad as they are it just seems like we can't even win the the days that you know game days that aren't game day nevertheless 
like our games. It's just I don't everything feels right. Like it's, and it, it it's, seems like you you mentioned practice. There's some intensity in this week's practices that apparently were not present last week. There also were there's some information coming out about player only meetings and things like that. That I mean, it, it looks at least on the surface, it sounds like the players are sort of getting fed up with losing. I don't know if that's going to translate into anything, but I, I, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I, I don't, I don't believe that the players don't care. And I think it points to a larger issue with this coaching staff and what they're trying to do. And I, I just, I don't under again. I I feel like I'm a broken record, but I keep saying this, and I know you. We both been keeps we both keep saying this. Like we just do not understand. Like do at a certain point, does, you know, I'm not gonna say Dan Guerrero because he's not he's useless. You can quote me on record saying that. I don't care. Sue me, Dan. Um, Have you seen him on campus point, before? Probably. I've. I bet you the the athletic department has me flagged because I've sent so many angry emails to to them <laughs> after losses, from your Anderson emails. Uh, no, not my Anderson email. Just my personal email. I also the athletic department's so so disorganized. Sometimes they don't realize I'm a student again, so they're always trying to sell me season tickets every year, and I've made made it very clear that they need to update the system but still get those calls every year anyways i digress at a certain point do we get does someone like casey wasserman need to step in yeah i it's interesting i he hasn't really been brought up throughout the you know the beat writers and the media in terms of what is casey thinking i know this was his guy this was his guy. He went through the ringer to pull him away from Florida. I would be curious. I mean, that would be some good tidbits or some juicy uh, news to to find out. Let me make thinks. some calls. We just we uh, we just got to text this person, this person. We'll break it on Bruin Source. Casey is pissed. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, and you know, I it's funny you mentioned Casey. Side note, I, I see him mentioned by Trojans like, oh, you know, we're stuck with Clay and we're not going to get Urban because we don't have a Casey, and how he's become this figurehead uh, uh, of making, of being, you know, the the power player, the one who who calls the shots for an AD. And well, his presence is so symbolic and so, uh, like. It stands out. I mean, the building that the the center's Wasserman Center now, and you know he was so publicly involved until he was, quote unquote, removed himself from the search. Like he is that power guy. Yeah, I mean he's a power guy. That's not even just a booster. That's outside of the industry. He has clients that are that are literally coaches. And, you know, and players and whatnot. He's in the industry. So he very much, he lives and breathes, like, what sports are all about in that regard. He's not just a fan in that sense. He works. He, he's part of the trade. Um, yeah. 
it is interesting you mention him. I Casey is one thing. Uh, it'll be that would be some gold nuggets if we were able to figure out how he feels. Yeah, I would. I would love to know what's going on in his head right now. Like, he's invested so much time and money into this program, and you know what we were saying for years. Even you know the kind of dying years of of Jim Mora when we were struggling a little bit. I think the kind of prevailing idea was: look, UCLA now has the facilities. UCLA now has the the monetary resources. We have the boosters. We have all of this infrastructure now. All we need, and this is what we've been saying about basketball for years also, um, but you know, with football as well, all we need is we need that coach and that staff to kind of take it. And when we got Chip, like, he was the guy. And I don't know what promises were made to him or what he was told he could come here and do, but it just, it's it's not working out like we thought it was. And so I, I don't know if this was something, you know, did Wasserman negotiate, look, Chip, you can come here. We want you to, you know, eventually win, but you know, your first few years experiment, get, do what you need to do to get there. But eventually by year three or four, we want you there. Do I think that's the right move? No, I think that's too long. And I think if that is the case, they've underestimated how much damage you can do to a program in three or four years in terms of recruiting and fan support. Um, and I think that's a vast miscalculation on their end. I am not saying that's what happened, and I hope that's not what happened, but I, I just, I just, I have no idea what, like, someone like Wasserman would do or say right now, and it would be interesting to to see or, you know, know what he's, what he's thinking right now. And, and if he has any sway over the, over chip and, and the situation, and if he's not unhappy, like UCLA needs to get Wasserman in a room with chip ASAP. Yeah. Which is the last thing chip wanted and why he came to UCLA was not to deal with boosters, but he faces no choice. Right. <sighs> Um, so yeah, uh, that's all I have to say about UCLA football. It is, <laughs> that was, I, I have to say, it, <laughs> I don't think we, we saw it this way coming into the season, but this podcast has, these episodes have become therapy of being able to rationalize, which we don't end up doing it by the end of episode of understanding what we're seeing on the field, unfortunately. Um, so thank you all for listening, whoever did so. Yeah, I mean... And that, oh, that's another thing. Like, when we lose, I, I don't blame fans for wanting to hear over and over from multiple podcasts how we lost or what's to blame. It hurts. Like, it it hurts everything um, in that regard. I mean, there's an argument that people want to figure out and diagnose more, but I can see people just checking out and they're just like, I don't want to follow this I don't want to read about this you know until we start winning again um, it's just tough it's tough on everyone look I, I've never been a fan who has you know shied away from teams when they're struggling like I've I've been following plenty of losing teams but like this is the first time in my life I have literally considered 
not watching a game, a UCLA football game this weekend my entire life. And some people that I know are probably happy about that, but it makes me sad to like even think that. So, I mean, that's where we're at. And that's, that's people who know me know that it's gotten really bad if I'm saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think you're going to watch it, but that just speaks to it <laughs> to in terms of the fandom that's there and how deep this runs, how much we've invested from our couches and from the seats and the money and everything. I mean, if I watch it, I'm definitely not going to go to the Rose Bowl and watch it. I just I don't have the emotional capacity to sit there and pay $30 to park and, you know, $20 for a thing of nachos and a drink and and watch us get clobbered while, you know, 50,000 Sooners cheer on in our home stadium. Like, I just, I don't have the heart to do that. And With three spare tickets that no one with, else wanted. With four spare tickets. <laughs> I, got, I got tickets for days. Anybody wants tickets, tweet us. DM me. You can have them for free. <laughs> this is turned into a ticket sweepstake. <laughs> yeah, I should. Uh, seriously, and and I'm not the only one with the free free tickets. I'm seeing it all over Twitter. People, people got tickets up the wazoo. Oh, it's gone viral in terms of how we're our school is giving out tickets. That is just it's so embarrassing. This was supposed to be a marquee game of the season uh, it's week two there's not many games that are that even have potential to have the name that this does and bring in the viewership and we just completely wet the bed um and people are going to probably tune in for oklahoma for the first half and they won't need to watch anymore after that we have a f- and then they'll probably look at the crowd and they'll just say wow ucla football is dead and it's on a national stage And they're not wrong about that. No, and before we would get upset, it's just we're at that place of just feeling despondent, apathetic, and everything that comes with this kind of brewing blue depression, feeling blue. Yeah, there's just a a very kind of heavy fog over the entire program right now that I don't know when it's going to be lifted, you know. Somehow, some miracle of of God and whatever you want to believe in comes and we wipe out Oklahoma this weekend. If that happens, then maybe we we kind of get on the right track, but I I wouldn't bet on that. Hey, this is college football. If I were a betting person and if I had no morals, I would bet against UCLA in this game, but I can't bring myself to do that. I can't either. Also, the line right now, I believe, is twenty-two between twenty-two and twenty-three. And oh, I bet the over for sure. You think Oklahoma's going to cover? I I I do. I still, I mean, I think Oklahoma's going to be up by five touchdowns at one point. But as I said, I think UCLA will bring it back. I I don't. I how many points have we scored over two games? <laughs> Fourteen. Oh, twenty-eight total. Or it's 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 our magic number has seemed to be 14 chips 14 games the first two games of the season we can't get past 14 points and we're 3 and 11 it's just uh... 
So, yeah, I there's no way we're scoring more than 14 points on them. I don't see it happening. So are we saying at the end of this, there's no way we can go 10-2? Because <laughs> there still is part of me <laughs> that wants to believe. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> there's still part of me. This part is just who I am. That I know we can't go twelve and one. Um, I don't even want to say eleven and two just yet. But regular season, can we go ten and two? <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. You sound like a chip truther. <laughs> oh no, Chip is saving the the real playbook for the Pac twelve. Just we're wait. fine. <laughs> just wait. The wrinkles are coming out. <sighs> All right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have much more to say. We'll, we'll give you a recap of, of the game, I guess, after after Saturday. But, note, I don't know if it can be any more depressed or sad than how we feel right now since we'll probably just be numb, numb to it by then, you know. Yeah, not at all. And also that rooting guide that I, I've I've started to post has not really mattered at all because we continue to lose. So it doesn't matter who else, who else wins. We're actually ruining other people's schedules, to say the least. But <laughs> that's another point. Uh, but yeah, that's that is uh, continued work in progress to figure out how it helps us. Well, it might be helpful one day when we're winning. When, True. if, maybe. True, maybe Probably this never. is this is just our experiment and figuring it out. Maybe we're we're the Chip Kelly. Yeah, we're actually guys. we're podcast and 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 sports media geniuses right now. <laughs> we're just experimenting. We're just experimenting. And then in year four, we're gonna take this by the world by storm. We're coming for you, ESPN. You know those first couple of podcasts. They we weren't we didn't want to show too much, but just wait, wait till the conference <laughs> conference games. You'll really see. Oh, we're we're ready to unleash truth and and knowledge and wisdom uh, on on the world here. Bruin fans, be ready. All right. Um. So aside from football, uh, soccer. Any We've updates had some ups on... and downs. Yeah. Really big up, by the way. Big up. We beat number three or two. I think there were three at the time. Maryland, 3-2 uh, over the weekend, which was exciting. Um, they were the first of three top ten matchups in a row that we had. So that was a, a cool, a big win. Unfortunately, last night we lost at home to Georgetown, which I forget what they're ranked, but uh, we lost to them in pretty bad fashion. I think we went up 1-0 in like the first two minutes and then proceeded to crash and burn and lost 5-1-5. Unfortunately, my, my boss went to Georgetown and played soccer there, so I did not hear the end of that today, Um, but that's okay. But, you know, new coach, new system. Um, Milan Iloski 
the both of the Lasky brothers are looking good. Um, so it'll be a fun, fun team to kind of follow. And I think they'll, you know, looks like they're, they're trending to make it into the tournament hopefully. And then, you know, hopefully by year two, we can really get that ball rolling with the, the program and kind of get back to where UCLA should be in, in college soccer as, you know, one of the top two or three premier programs in the country, which we'd kind of fallen off of the last several years. So it'll be exciting to watch them. Yeah, let's not make it 20 years, by the way. Yeah, I hope, I always forget our coach's name. I hope he's just not experimenting for the first two years. <laughs> and then fourth year, uh, the shade. <laughs> um, what else? What else is going on in the the Bruin verse? How are the girls doing? Um, the girls are always really good. I haven't checked the record, but they were they were smashing teams last time I checked. Um, they're playing one, Wisconsin the, on Saturday. Oh, there you go. Wisconsin is usually very good, also. So that'll be a big big matchup. Yeah, they just beat Santa Clara, uh, two to zero. I didn't. I mean, I don't think that game was. Televised. What's their rank right now? Their rank. They're two. They're two. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's a the one the one player on their team is incredible. His name I'm, I'm forget I am forgetting, but uh, Amanda Cromwell, our former coach and the women's uh, national team head coach, former head coach now. Um, had a had a comment about how great she was too. So she's she's taken notice, and she, I, I her name is escaping me. I apologize. Is but, it Fleming? Uh, yeah, 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 Fleming. Um. So you know the women's team will be fun to watch all season. Hopefully, we can bring back a, another championship back. Oh yeah, and then also we can't forget the the water polo men's water polo kicked off their season. Uh, they beat Fordham, Navy, LaSalle, and then number 12, Princeton. Um, so they, that was in Maryland. They were at the Navy Open. They're so, ranked number two? Water polo, I believe, is... I'm not sure of their ranking. We'll get better at this, but not for I think this. they started off as two. Yeah, they're number two. Yeah. And, it, I mean, everything I've read has been the freshmen have, and the red redshirt freshmen have been doing well, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, again, our uh, Olympic sports are always good. Yeah, not the revenue, but we well, still... Baseball was good, but disappointing last year. And we got we got Mick, so... And then... Um, putting all my eggs in that basket... True, and then Bruins and the pros, uh, Miles Jack just got paid. He had a very strange episode this Sunday. <laughs> and then got ejected. Yeah, after he got paid. So hopefully that's not how he acts further on. <laughs> um, maybe, yeah, but we still love you, Miles. And then... Uh, Barr had a good game, Anthony Barr. Barr had a great game. Yeah, I was watching that one. Uh, I think Tack hurt himself, but I don't think it's serious. Hopefully not. Um, oh, get well soon, Tack. And then we're we're praying that Josh Rosen gets out of Miami, away oh, from God. Home. But yeah, that's another story. That when that type of stuff happens, you just oh my gosh, you just feel for the guy. You wonder if something happened in his past life that's just following him. 
Brian Flores is a fucking moron. Like, I'll, I'm on record saying that. I don't care. He's an idiot. Like, uh, who, who hired this guy? I mean, they knew they. Uh, it's so silly. You don't tank for one player. I I don't care how good. Two is good, but he's not tankable. This isn't the NBA. Like, you you can't you can't do that. It doesn't work. You should just build around Rosen if they're smart. Uh, but again, we're hoping Rosen uh, finds a landing spot with uh, a better O line. But that's another. That's an episode. Another episode. That's <laughs> its own like, podcast series. The Rosen podcast. Um, yeah. Anybody else? Any other sports? Uh, no, I don't. Not that I can think of right now. Yeah, and then I think we're a couple weeks away from students returning, so more sports should be starting. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball or basketball season's approaching, thank God. Next month. Oh, thank God. Can't come soon enough after this football season. So... Well, all right, yeah. we're we're approaching an hour, and we're over the hour, I think. We're over an hour. <laughs> a few viewers probably have signed off. Our listeners have probably been like, "All right, fuck this." So <laughs> we're gonna do the same. Uh, I don't blame them until the next game. All right. Well, I hope everyone survives the weekend. Um, yeah. Good luck, everyone. To our, all the listeners out there, um, we're gonna get boomer soonered pretty badly, I think. But you know, we'll just we'll just chug along as we Bruins do and embrace the L. And I think the biggest thing is watching these games now, since we know we're gonna be stuck with Chip for quite a bit is uh, there's a quote, there's a metaphor that's going around. Um, oh, God, are you going <laughs> to say the bamboo thing? <laughs> we just Fuck have, the bamboo. Uh, we just have to water the bamboo. That's it. That's, yeah, you know what happens when you overwater certain plants? They rot. <laughs> oh, man. It feels like we're rotting right now. We are rotting. But until next week. All right, well, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a safe weekend, and go Bruins. Go Bruins.